Welcome to Broadband Action, presented by the Community Broadband Action Network. Hi, I'm Curtis Dean, and these are my two colleagues and C-Band associates, Todd Kilkoff and John Willow. Hello, both of you. Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you doing today? I am well. Excellent. We're, and I we're, am well caffeinated. Well caffeinated. <laughs> I just set down my third cup of coffee. I am I am beautifully excited that this is probably the last warm day, that at least we have the one more. So. I think that's something we all have in common right now in the Midwest where we are all at is the big changes are coming and uh, yeah. So tonight it looks like tonight. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, we're really excited to be on uh, bringing uh, this content back. It's been a while since we've done a broadband action. So getting the three of us in a room sometimes, well, getting us in a room is impossible. Getting us all in our own rooms individually is even hard too. So, uh, but we got a lot to talk about today here on a broadband action, but the big news and something we want to focus on first of all on this uh, episode is we are really excited that CBAN has hired a digital navigator for our digital navigator program. So ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. We would like to introduce you to Brianna Delavue. Hi. Yay. Hey, Brianna. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so glad to have you aboard, Bree, and uh, really appreciate taking some time today from all your digital navigator training. Um, Brie is drinking through a fire hose right now because she is uh, learning everything that you need to learn to operate a successful digital navigator program. And uh, the program is going to be launching here. Well, really, it's launched now. It's just we're in the, the uh, ramp up phase before services actually start being delivered. So, Brie, let's uh, everybody, these people that have watched this or listened to this know us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi. Hi guys, I am Bree Dillavu, Brianna Dillavu. My background really kind of stems in the education side of things. That's what I am bringing to the group. I graduated from Northwest Missouri State University in 2015, and then I taught for a number of years. And while I was teaching, I really started connecting students to technologies, especially when COVID hit. We all know how that affected everyone. We got out of the actual classroom and into the digital side with Zoom meetings and whatnot. Uh, from there, I kind of gained some more experience. I moved on, took my education knowledge, and started helping out on the human service side of things, gaining some knowledge with programmatic management, running departments, things like that. And now I am just excited to be here as a digital navigator using my education skills, connecting the community, and bringing that digital equity and digital inclusion to our rural communities. Fantastic. Well, we're really excited to have you. Also, we're really excited like you to find advance, you. Even though I know you didn't. So that was great. There's <laughs> <laughs> one thing you get when you teach. You're like, I can do this. Let's go. We, we, we think well on the top of our head. So one thing I think is really interesting about all of this too, in terms of Bree drinking through a fire hose, is that um, the NDIA, National Digital Inclusion Alliance Program, of which we are part, is a cohort, I think we've mentioned this before, of 18 selected groups from around the country. We are actually creating, this is the pilot program. Mm -hmm. We are, so many of these organizations have different models from one another, and their program guidelines are there, and the support is there, but the programming is not there. 
this program has never been run like this before. And so we, Brie has an even, an even bigger responsibility because she's going to be inventing with, you know, we'll all be working together, but these on the, Brie's on the front lines of inventing something that we hope as C-Band to create that is sustainable and, and, and scalable, you know, throughout this through, you know, for all of our members eventually, but we know that we have a situation right now where we have a 30 month window um, based on our grant to put this program together, stand it up and prove it. And our goal is that even after the grant cycle ends, like that's our runway as far as we're concerned. And, uh, and after that, we want, we want to have a program in place that is permanent and that we can grow. And so she's really got a lot. I mean, she's not just taking over a program, she's creating it from scratch. Yeah. yeah, we get to leverage, you know, what they've done in urban areas, but we know that the urban areas have had, you know, advantages, particularly the major cities where, you know, there's some frameworks and then we get to adapt on the fly what's gonna, what's gonna really work in, in rural small town America. Yep, this program is really built to kind of show us that framework of where we are going and what we are missing in the rural side of things to get the people connected to their global community, give them the skills that they need to be successful in life and really keep them connected. You know, as we know, technology is not going away and we really want everyone to be a part of this community and feel accepted and have the skills they need to live the best life that they can. Absolutely. Do you think you're ready to speak a little bit into how you're going to be providing services in the community? I know we're just getting started, mm -hmm. But in general terms, you want to share a little bit about how we're going to be working with people? It kind of in general terms, the digital navigator, so myself, will be working in the communities to actually be meeting people, seeing what their needs are, where, whether it be smartphones, laptops, connecting them to broadband internet, getting them the skills that they need, seeing what problems they have, and then finding a solution. So it could be one-on-one -on -one work with clients at their homes. We could be doing bigger events at libraries, whatever the community needs and however we can reach people and be effective to help them build their skills. Absolutely. And we're also going to be signing people up as much as possible for the um, American Connectivity, Affordable Connectivity Program, the ACP. Yes. That's yep. a big part of her work as well. We know that uptake has really lagged um, in the United States that only maybe 30% of people who are eligible um, even are really aware of the program and, have, and are taking advantage of it. So. Yeah, that's really an opportunity to connect people to these resources that they have available to them that they don't know about or if they don't know about already, or maybe it just had too many red flags, red tape to get through kind of things like that, where they just need the help. It's just they need someone with the knowledge that says, can you direct me in the right direction? And that's what we are here to do. So obviously, Bree, you're, you're going to be the boots on the ground here, uh, delivering these services and but uh, the rest of us all have kind of a little uh, important roles in making this program come together. So first of all, I thought, Todd, tell us what your role is within the uh, Digital Navigator pilot program. Sure. So the technical term is program manager, believe it or not. <laughs> but it, it encompasses everything from, you know, we have fiscal oversight um, where we've been given, you know, they've been, the NDIA has been given money and then they have parameters by which they're uh, wanting us to spend that money and then how to report on how we're spending it and what the impact that has. So also then trying to frame up that we're achieving, you know, the overall goals, uh, not from a data standpoint, but just are we in tune with what NDIA says was a successful 30 month project, regardless mm -hmm. of, you know, client outcomes or, 
or how the citizens are impact, but try to try to build a system by which we're we're progressing, you know, because I think that's what our objective is, is to they want us to make progress um, and also report successes and failures. And John, your role? Well, I am officially known as the data manager, but um, like any small business, uh, we, we, we are all doing we are all doing lots of things. But my right. official capacity is data manager. Um, my role, as I understand it, will be to work to help set up all of the to, to set up the system that we're going to be using to collect data to make sure that we are to ensure that we're collecting the right data. And then I'll be compiling and um, and hopefully interpreting some of that data for our own uses, but also sending the data that's been requested in the way it's been in the form it's been requested back to the NDIA for for their for their use because data is a huge part of this project for them this is that's that's really what they're looking for out of right. this at the end of the day so that's how they're going to learn what works and what doesn't work so yeah. like this a pilot can turn into something more permanent with lessons learned along the way right and curtis your role uh, my role is to um, help brie reach out to the communities and agencies and other uh, people in the area of the, uh, of the service area. And that is, uh, as you can see on the screen, uh, three counties in Southwest and South Central Iowa. We're uh, doing our programs in Taylor County, uh, right here. Bedford is the Taylor County seat. Um, one county over in um, Ringgold County, Mount Air is the county seat in, Mount, in uh, that county. And then finally, what the next county over is Decatur County. Leon is the um, um, county seat there. Now, these counties were chosen because NDIA in, in in wanted us to select areas that were very rural. And these all check the boxes. These are all counties with maybe one town of above 1,000 and everything else is either rural or small towns. Uh, they also wanted areas where uh, there's some poverty issues. And so these uh, counties as an aggregate are all at or above the state and national averages for uh, poverty rate. So there's lots of people in these areas that needs uh, need digital skills. We're quite positive. Also, another criteria was, is there internet available? So we wanted to choose areas where there generally is internet available in most areas, although there are going to be pockets here where uh, broadband services is lacking. Um, but uh, we know that there are also providers that are out there that are working to fill in those gaps. So that's uh, that's my goal is to, and my job is to help Brianna reach out and um, establish uh, the links to those communities so we can uh, uh, partner with them to deliver these services. We also, CBAN as itself has a role uh, when looking at you know the overall what NDIA when they when they awarded us um, one of their comments was they wanted people who could do regional engagement that drives the ND uh, Navigator Corps locally uh, and regionally you know and that's why they spread them out around the United States and said mm -hmm. how do we try to engage others uh, in this not just in the service area but then bring it outside so, right and you'll have a, a lot of one. We're already starting to work on that. So hopefully we'll have a series of exciting announcements in the next six to 12 months. There will be lots of interaction too between the 18 different cohorts that are in the pilot program. So um, all of us will be engaged in conversations with them, including uh, Digital uh, Digital Inclusion 2023, which is a conference in uh, San Antonio, Texas in February that we'll all be going to. 
then we'll all be drinking from a fire hose, I'm sure, uh, To as we learn more not only about uh, this program itself, but the larger world of digital inclusion and um, how we help people in the 21st century get online and uh, connect and learn the skills that they need to you know be successful so so this is a this is a great you know great uh, time for us at cban and we thank you to all our members who've supported us we it seems so like much. almost every week yes. we get a new member join and we do appreciate that if you're listening to this or watching this and you um would like to become a cban member well, by golly, we welcome you to the table because you know what? That's what we're all about is uh, having people uh, join us and become part of our organization. So first thing you do is just go to broadbandaction.com and you can learn all about CBAN. And you can also look on there and uh, hear about our memberships. We have memberships for communities, for providers, and also for advocates that are broadband advocates in the communities that they live and work in. And also we have associate memberships, and that would be for vendors, uh, solutions providers, um, and uh, so you can check that out. All the memberships are free except for the associate members who are, of course, uh, in business to create revenue and sell things. So, uh, But our community memberships, our provider memberships, and our advocate memberships are all free of charge. And we're 120 plus now in 18 states, so we're really excited um, to keep that, uh, keep that growing. And we've got a we've got a couple of uh, we've got a couple of new members we could thank we could we could welcome right now too that I don't know if we've said anything official we have new advocate members um, the Merit Network in Michigan yes. a fantastic fantastic organization that has been uh, standing up <laughs> has been standing up the internet in, since the seventies um, they mm -hmm. were the first they were the first um, connection a T one connection in uh, in the state of Michigan and, and anywhere that far north so. In, and that that's been fantastic. They have really grown to serve not just the state of Michigan, but um, other organizations regionally to help support broadband build out and digital equity. And we're really excited to have, be reciprocal members with the Merit Network. Um, we also um, welcome new members Leave for America. Um, they have joined they have joined CBAN um, in because they are working in a program called the American Connection Corps, which is a pilot program by the, um, by, that, from AmeriCorps. And so they have joined with CBAN so that we can all look at digital equity together. So that's really exciting to you. So welcome to those members. Welcome to those members. And um, whenever we have new members come on board, there's usually a, a little mention in the Broadband Bytes email blast that goes out. Um, new newsletter, uh, monthly newsletter is going to be coming up soon. So uh, we continue to try to find new ways to communicate and engage in conversations with people who are interested in getting better broadband to more Americans and helping them connect. Uh, speaking of that, folks, I have some news today. As we record this hot off the press, some news came out this morning. What? The is LCC that real? Well, the FCC has awesome. decided it is going to release the new broadband maps on November 18th. And when those new maps come out, that will start a process whereby states and uh, tribal organizations will be able to take a look at those new maps and decide whether they are worth the digital ink they are printed on. And if not, make appeals to those maps. So uh, we've been waiting for this. The uh, FCC has said consistently they would have it out by the end of the year, at least this initial, as they're calling it, pre-production draft. 
Um, and I was a little skeptical. They get this out before the end of the year, but they're going to show us what they've got. They're going to show their work on November 18th. So those maps will be released, and I'm sure all people in the United States with broadband advocacy organizations and states and providers will all be looking at that to see what's wrong with it. Um, and, and there will be things wrong with it. And that's okay. That's part of the process that has been spelled out. Um, the other thing that uh, related to that, um, the uh, NTIA, the National Telecommunication Information Administration, also has announced, after the FCC made their announcement, they came out and said, okay, everybody, um, we are going to be announcing the bead allocations to the different states on June 30th, 2023. That sequence is important because the maps have to come first so they can determine what is, uh, after the maps, they can then determine um, what states have how many unserved or underserved people because that's how the money gets distributed to the states. So a state that has a higher percentage of unserved locations will get more money than a state that has lots of, uh, or has few unserved locations. So the map comes out. Uh, as this timeline shows, and then there's going to be a mad scramble for revisions between November. They're saying January 13th, but they're saying that's the best opportunity. Whether they close it in January 13th or not, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a lot of time. Um, and then by June 30th, they will release, um, they will tell everybody, here's how much each state gets um, in its beat allocation. So we've been waiting for that news to come out. It's, it's out today. And, and, and so now the waiting begins to, um, see when that map comes out and start looking at it. So, so as I understand the process, Curtis, um, so the, the map is coming out and one of the, one of the action items that will come from that is that the states will then receive their planning grants, um, from the administration and those, and the planning grant is, is what they, is the money that they use to create their broadband plan for their distributions right um, you got to create and, a plan before they find out how much money they get right right so the planning grants when they hit the states that's when they're they're, they're later than they should have been in a lot of people's opinions those planning grants should have been in the hands of states earlier um, therefore it's going to be pretty lumpy some states are going to be a mad scramble other states that have pretty well developed broadband offices will just staff up and, 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 and they'll already have had a lot of that um, organizational infrastructure in place. So, um, but the planning grants will give them the funds they need to really gear up so that when June 30th hits and they find out their allocation, they'll know what to do with that money by then, hopefully. Now, we, now that the election is over, I think it's worth mentioning that hopefully some of that will start, that will start speeding up again. Um, <clears throat> for example, the bead planning money has been sitting in the leg, like re check received sitting with the state of Michigan in the legislature for four months. And they have not released it because they were, they, as a group, as a body, they decided not to legislate until after the election, meaning they didn't even release that planning money, which couldn't have been less partisan. Right. So I can't imagine that if that happened in Michigan, which is where I live, that that didn't happen other places. And so I'm hoping that now that the election is over, we can we can start legislating again as a group soon. At least get that money out there into the hands of the people who need it. That's the one fortunate thing, or one of the fortunate things about the the round of infrastructure funds that have been uh, released and are coming here the past couple of years. That's the fact that it hasn't been a partisan issue because, as we know, that um, Washington is so fragmented now. If if this weren't a bipartisan thing, 
it would never happen. It would there not would be, be happening. Just too many political wedges that would be driven to stop this funding from getting to where it needs to be. All right. Well, that's the big news. We're going to keep monitoring that, and uh, we hope that we'll find out more when that map comes out. And we'll come back and talk to you about it and share it with you. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us here for Broadband Action. Thank you for listening to the Broadband Action Podcast. We encourage you to like or subscribe for future content here on the podcast. Spread the word. And thanks for joining us.